0: Good morning. I hope you're having a fine Sunday morning. Welcome to another edition of Miami Valley Voices on this Cox radio station. I'm your host from the Dayton Daily News, Ron Rollins, and I'm in the studio today with a couple of folks who have been here several times, actually, from the mm-hmm. Dayton Art Institute here to talk about the latest show over there. Uh, we have... Um, Joining us, we have Amy de Gallen, who's the Chief Curator at the DAI. Amy, how you doing? I'm all right. Good morning. I'm glad to see you. And uh, Eric Brockman, the Marketing and Communications Manager. Eric, how you doing? Good. 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 Good morning, Ron. I'm happy you guys are here. Mostly because if you listen to the show... You know I like to talk about art. <laughs> I can't help myself. It's a myself. good thing. We do, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good. That's why you're here. So the show that um, uh, just opened this week is American Impressionism, the Lure of the Artist's Colony. And it's like 100 pieces of American Impressionism, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's, big it's, show, it's a big show. 100 paintings. It's a very big show. Um, where, where's, where's it from? Where's all this stuff come to us from?
1: It came to us from the Reading Public Museum and Library in Reading, Pennsylvania.
0: And why do they have I know, it's a such good question. a huge collection of... <laughs> Impressionist paintings.
1: I think because a lot of the impressionists um, that are in the show were in that region, painting in that region, mm-hmm. that there was just a large concentration of collectors who had the material, artists who probably wanted to
0: is it ensure a, its longevity. Is it a big? Is it a big facility? <clears throat>
1: It is a fairly good-sized museum. We certainly didn't take everything they've got. They, really. They're still open. Okay. Um, but it's they, this is the focus of their collection. They have okay. a large concentration of
0: it. So let's just assume that some folks are like, impressionism, yeah, that's the stuff with the dots, right? I mean, it fell, <laughs> t- t- fill people in on just a basic textbook definition of impressionism and where it fits in, in art history, and then we'll relate America back to it.
1: Sure. No, it, I mean, it comes from um, France, France. French Impressionism. That's crazy French. So we think about Monet, and I think characteristics are the broken brushwork, the flickering sense of light. Mm -hmm. Um, These artists are giving an impression of a subject matter rather than actual... Photorealist depictions, mm-hmm.
0: which is pretty much what had come before, exactly. and that they were
1: rebelling against.
0: Rebelling against. And, and was it so much a, a rebellion, or was it just sort of a shift in the way they started to work? I mean, what what caused it? What led well,
1: to? I think I mean going back to France again too. The other component is that they're working outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so Barbizon painters in the eighteen fifties, eighteen sixties, are for the first group of artists to actually paint outside the landscape naturally mm-hmm. in natural sunlight. Mm-hmm. And then French Impressionists like Monet continued, but really it was the invention of a couple of things that really facilitated being able to paint outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the portable paint tubes that were invented by an American artist. I guess I never knew that. Yeah, I know, I think yeah. that's, and then also um, chiseled brushes. Mm-hmm. Pre- previously they were round, and the late 19th century they- described
0: chiseled brushes. Meaning. Well,
1: I mean the chiseled, the tip, so the tips were squared off okay. as opposed to round bristles. Right. Okay. So when you look at an Impressionist painting, Sometimes you can literally see those those individual brush marks that right. look like squared off tips. Right. Okay. They're also using palette knives too. Right. Um, but it's. When you look at what's before the academic style of painting, it's very tight, you rarely see any brushwork. Right. This is just the opposite of that. Mm. So, you see the ha- artist's hand.
0: And how was it received originally? And what give people an era, too.
1: So, um, Barbizon painters in France, 1850s, 1860s, Monet's first painting, Impression Sunrise, 1872. Okay. That's the painting that coined the, the term impressionism. Okay. And it, it was, of course really negatively received, because it was such a departure mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. what came before.
0: And yet, it has become the thing that I think most people like most. Yeah, I, I know. I- and that they identify with. Why do you think that is? Most people today, I mean. Yeah, yeah I think
1: a, I think it still remains um, popular because it's really accessible work. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, let's just face it, it's pretty to look at. It's pretty, yeah. And I think the other component is that um, in a way it is, it's, it's very evocative of feeling. I think we've all mm. felt dappled sunlight on our skin as we're walking through a field. Mm. But it's also nostalgic, because I think um, in the face of Industrial Revolution, cities were rising up, industrial fumes were filling the air, and mm. these artists, French and American, were mostly American, though, were escaping the cities for these country pastoral retreats. Mm and depicting the landscape in a really uh, um, idyllic way. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And so uh, the movement lasts how long, pretty much? So in in
1: France, you know, 1870s to 1890s, 1900, that's the late end of it. Mm -hmm. And then in America, we're about 20 years late to the game.
0: So talk about America, how how does America end up with this style and why were we late to the game, I mean?
1: Well, I, I think with a lot of things, um, not everything, of course, but a number of things. Um, we looked to Europe first. Mm. And so um, a lot of Americans, most Americans, went over to Europe to study mm. at the Academy Julian in Paris. Mm. Many of them, and this is one of my favorite quotes, an um, American impressionist Julian Alden Weir, goes over to France, 1877, mm to see what all the hubbub is about. Mm-hmm. And he writes this letter back to his parents after he sees Impressionist paintings, and he said, these are the most horrible things I have ever seen, <laughs> and he called them a chamber of horrors. <laughs> and then he goes on to become one of the most well-known American Impressionist That's painters.
0: So was there something about American mm-hmm. Impressionism in general that was different from French Impressionism? or
1: Yeah, I uh, mean, I think, so the other part of this is how how it came to America. I think that there were a lot of major um, American collectors who were going over there buying mm -hmm, up paintings, mm -hmm. so Barnes, Alfred Barnes, it became the Barnes Collection. Mm -hmm. Um, Stephen Clark, Stephen Sterling Clark, the Clark Collection. So
0: it caught on on pretty quick. It caught on. In terms of general popularity and collectability. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think there were major exhibitions in in America, in New York, mm -hmm. in the 1890s, gradually gains traction. And I think a lot of um, American artists saw this style caught on. But I think the difference between French Impressionism and American is that Americans were mostly academically trained, many of them in Paris. So they never really quite got away from that academic base. So when you look at a French Impressionist picture Mm -hmm. side by side with an American Impressionist, I say a generalization is that um, French um, the is looser. The is looser.
0: In, in ours?
1: In French. In French, okay. Um, okay. Americans, they retain some of the solidity of form and mm-hmm. the linear style mm-hmm. that they would have learned in academic training. Mm-hmm. The brushwork is loose, but not quite as loose as French Impressionist.
0: Okay. And um, were there any Americans who reached the same level of prominence and fame that some of the French artists did?
1: I think... Um, you know, John Singer, Sargent, and I'm asking Sott. a question. I
0: kind of know the answer yeah. to that's, the, that's what we do. William yeah.
1: Merritt Chase, John Singer, Sargent, Mary Cassatt, mm-hmm. um, John Twachtman. Who
0: mm-hmm. was from Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. yeah. And actually, that's a great... Um, there are a number of artists that have some Cincinnati connections.
0: Robert Don Ryan, all those guys. Yeah, right.
1: And um, Daniel Garber right. started down there with Frank Duveneck.
0: Well, now, Cincinnati was kind of like a little Impressionist hotbed there for right. a while, wasn't it? it why was. was. Why was that?
1: Well, and, I think that there was, um, there was a... Um, the school down in Cincinnati, and mm. Frank Duvenet came out of it. I think mm. the Taft did a really smart show a few years back right. that focused on Cincinnati impressionists that, that came out of that. A lot area. of the stuff.
0: If you go to the Cincinnati Museum of Art, it's they've got like a whole giant gigantic wing. room of right. the wing right. of Cincinnati stuff. Right. But there was like a bunch of them that were that they all trained together and worked together and and um, um, now I didn't see that many of them of the Cincinnati guys in this particular show. No. This <laughs> leans more toward. Pennsylvania, so what was going on in Pennsylvania during all this That oh. that, the, the, that is in this show?
1: Yeah, well I think that um, uh, railways were expanding and mm-hmm. so people could get out of the cities. In the 1890s, 1870s to 90s, railway was connecting city center to these fishing towns, fishing villages along mm-hmm. the eastern seaboard. Mm-hmm. So things that were within a 30 to 40 mile radius of New York, so Cost Cobb, Connecticut, Old Lime, mm-hmm. um, People in Philadelphia went to the uh, Pennsylvania Art Academy of Fine Mm -hmm. Arts. Mm -hmm. um, So the communities beyond that, so Reading would have been one of them. Um, And then of course there were the the art colonies in the West too, Mm -hmm. but they were mostly within a short distance of a major urban center. Mm -hmm. So these artists would spend the summers in these art colonies and um, commune with other artists but they would take on students it was a source mm. of living for them as well to take on these students
0: That sounds perfectly idyllic
1: it doesn't <laughs> it i know I, I would love to have that so lifestyle. what did you do
0: this summer well i painted no, i painted did you? <laughs> i was in a coastal village fishing village that would be great yeah and so um so what will people see um and what you said about the the art the, the tubed paint i guess i'd never thought of that so this is this is the first time in which um what we would now consider to be like the artist's kit box of right, paints and brushes right. that people would even maybe see today that a watercolor painter or an artist would take out into the countryside or to a studio this develops about then and yeah, so well, art becomes art making becomes more portable exactly okay, exactly
1: right. so previously artists if they wanted to go outside they um, used a pig bladder, literally, think about this, a pig wow. bladder yeah. filled with paint. Nasty. They had to pick a hole in it, Nasty. and it would dry up, and yeah. then they had to pick another hole, dry up. Ew. So there were holes all over the place. Poor it pigs. just yeah. was not um, the best way
0: to. And paint was handmade, too, right? Did yeah. the artist often grind their own mm-hmm, paint or anything like mm-hmm. that? Oh, huh, okay. So,
1: so, right, the the commercial availability of paint is also on the rise, too. New pigments right. are coming into to um, being,
0: as well. Wow, that's fabulous. So. Um, let's talk about the actual show here so what what will people see when they come to the Art Institute uh, for this show
1: I think they're going to be they're going to they're going to see some names that they know mm-hmm. so John Singer Sargent Yay, and we love Cassatt um, Cassat and Chase yeah. has some um, but they I think they're going to learn a lot I think they're going to they're going to see some artists that will maybe become their new favorites mm-hmm. and In a way, I love to... I didn't know all all the names in the show, and so it's a discovery for me as well. And the fact that these works are likely still available. You can probably still find a lot of these artists' work uh, in New England. Oh, really? I think will be exciting for people. Oh,
0: that's cool. Yeah. I I went to the preview uh, last week and uh, on Wednesday night, and... um, Uh, Like you said, I mean, uh, there were a lot of names I didn't know, Mm -hmm. but the images were just really striking. They are.
1: And these artists, you know, even though they might not be household names today, Mm -hmm. they certainly were were in their day. Mm -hmm. And so they were winning... Competitions left and right. Mm-hmm. So they were mm-hmm. they were big in their day, and for one reason or another, they just
0: mm-hmm.
1: were, have been overlooked since then.
0: No, it seems like most of them are. It seems like they break down mostly into portraits and landscapes. Is that about right? Yeah, or, and, and by landscapes, not just country. There's some cityscapes. There as well. are a yeah. few
1: urban scenes, and that's yeah. another difference between French and American impressionists. For the most part, French impressionists are looking at slices of modern life and urban living, mm-hmm. and Americans, for the most part, are pastoral and idyllic. Mm-hmm. There are a few urban scenes. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, But yeah, the schools, it's interesting to think and you walk through, the Boston are more portrait based Mm. and the Philadelphia seem to be more landscape. Um, But in in Old Lyme, Connecticut, you get a mixture of both. Mm or in uh, Cos too.
0: Uh, and and sort of dialing back for a second to the you know the, where the the art history portion of the of the talk. I mean, what comes after Impressionism? People have probably heard the expression Post Impressionism. Tell people since we've got them on the hook what that means and what followed all those.
1: Well, in in America, um, so the the movement in America. There are people st- today still painting in this style in America oh, and yeah. in, in, even in France, um, but I think the movement of American impressionists really, you know, 20s, 30s, it's really starting to peter out. Mm-hmm. But remember, you know, 1913 in New York, the Armory Show, mm-hmm. that ushered in European modernism. And from that point forward, um, you know, you were either on that modernist ship or you weren't. Mm-hmm. And um, But like Impressionism, Americans were slow to come around to modernism.
0: Now that's not true anymore, though. I mean, no, is, no, it, no, I mean no, American artists pretty much, and when you're talking about fine art, you know, capital F, capital A, I mean, America kind of does have a seat at the table now, pretty much. Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. pretty much. and I, I don't know if we're driving the bus, but it seems like we're certainly at the same speed as everybody else, I guess. Right? I mean. Oh yeah, definitely. You know.
1: Yeah, and especially in contemporary art.
0: That's cool. Um, we're not putting any sharks in tanks over here, <laughs> I guess. Oh we're, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, So, uh, any uh, what would you what would you coach people to look for when they come to the DAI show? I mean, what, what if, 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 if you can't be there with every person that's going to visit, but yeah. pretend you're walking somebody through? What what should they what should they look for to get the most out of the show? Boy, that's a great question. I think No, I think
1: I think that um, look for the different colors. I think when you look mm. at a painting, and you think a tree is going to be green with mm. brown trunk, mm. well, look closer because you're going to find some. You're going to find orange, mm. and um, Daniel Garber has used literally a bright orange lining those tree trunks. Mm. You're going to find cobalt blue in uh, a picket fence that you would think would be white. Um, the the use of color I think is really astounding mm-hmm. and you know impressionists rarely if ever the whole they have used black um, they didn't oh that's use, interesting so they modeled I guess I've never thought about with that. different colors and and just really be aware of the colors and how many colors you see um, so a woman wearing a white dress you might see purple in mm-hmm. the in the shadow or yellow.
0: Um, mm-hmm and 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 also the light. I mean And the light. The, the light. light seems to be something that really mattered to them a lot.
1: Well, it did. And I think there's a moment halfway through the show where you you start in New England and you're kind of coursing through Connecticut and Maine, and all of a sudden on one of the walls that's blue, right in the middle of the show, there's a painting that has noticeably different light. Mm-hmm. And when we unpacked it, we thought, well, that's that can't be in this section. It doesn't it feels different. Mm-hmm. It's warmer. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it's Santa Barbara. It's a painting of Santa oh, Barbara. That's cool. And
0: the light is different. So the yeah. light's
1: completely different. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that people will know and notice it when they're going through.
0: That's cool. Let and me you tell know, let me Go ahead. Let me tell folks what they're listening to, and we'll get right back to the light. Um, this is Miami Valley Voices, if uh, you're just tuning in on this Cox radio station. I'm your host, Ron Rollins, and we are here with two uh, friends from the Dayton Art Institute, Amy Marcero de Gallen, who's the chief curator, and Eric Brockman, um, who is the marketing and communications manager. And we're talking about the American Impressionism show that's currently on display. I'm sorry, Amy, back to you. No, No, no. The light. light. Well, you
1: know, I was going to say that um, French Impressionists were, of course, very aware of color theory Mm. and optics. Mm -hmm. And Americans were aware of it, too. And I think that there were two major sort of movements or major advances in optical theory that they were focusing on. Mm -hmm. So 1666, Isaac Newton discovers that shining light through a prism, you get all the colors in the spectrum. Um, we actually have a moment in the show that we ask show about that. That's, yeah, it is a
0: very nice moment. Tell and people about to, that.
1: Well, there's a there's a painting that is um, of a woman kneeling down, and it's it's a little over the top. I have to say, it's she's, kind of she's sentimental. A, yeah, it's very yeah. sentimental. She's yeah. got a rainbow. She's catching a rainbow on a, in a pot. Right. And we thought, you know, this is a great moment to talk about light because the spectrum of light and all the colors. So mm. we rigged up. Um, Our designer, Martin Place and Eric. um, Those guys are great. They're fantastic. They
0: they really frame the show nicely. They they do a great
1: job. Um, They rigged up a prism and they're shining a light through it so you get that rainbow spectrum on the wall. We do have a pot, and so people can actually Mm -hmm. have a photo op and catch the rainbow in the pot. Um, But it gives us a moment to talk about light. And um, the other theory that they were really aware of was um, Eugene Chevrel, French. theorist Mm -hmm. um, on optics, wrote this book in 1839 that talked about complementary colors. Mm -hmm. And so he realized that when you put colors opposite the color wheel spectrum next to one another, it creates a visual vibration. Mm -hmm. So these strident colors, um, red and, um, let's see, it was orange and blue, I think, when Mm -hmm. they're next to one another, Mm -hmm. red Mm -hmm. and green, Mm -hmm. it creates this visual motion or movement in your eye. And so when you look at a painting that employs that, and this Daniel Garber is another one, you see the orange and the blue, Mm it creates this visual um, movement that was exactly in tenor with Impressionism because they're capturing a moment. And... um they were aware of it and they incorporated that in their paintings, so people uh, can look for that too.
0: That's pretty cool, uh, Eric. Um, so uh, Wednesday night you got to watch people go through the show for the first time and mm-hmm. sort of watch their reactions and stuff like that. How do you feel people responded to some of what they were seeing? Did you? I saw you people. I saw you taking pictures of people looking at pictures and stuff. Oh, uh,
2: you know, a, a lot of you know, going back to the the light and the color, people just. Looking at details, a lot of pointing, and oh, look at that, and, yeah. and the light. There's uh, one snow scene looking down a street. looks, I mean, it could. Be a uh, street in Dayton yeah. at the turn of the century, yeah. for that matter, and uh, one of the one of the visitors specifically pointing out, you know, look how the light specifically just is coming through the middle of the scene and oh, hitting this cool. one mm-hmm. house and everything else is, yeah. you know, so yeah, just really seeing those reactions yeah. and how caught up in the scenes people get is really fascinating. Well, like Amy said, you the, the I saw that too. People really were engaging with the stuff and
0: it was really nice. Like you said, it's pretty. I mean. I mean, it there's, is. There's, there's something about Impressionism that it's makes soothing. people feel yes. at, relaxed and at ease and stuff like that. I and, think, like, and it's never really gone away.
1: No, and I think I think in particular with American Impressionism, a lot of the people last night or the other day were, they were relating geographically to the spaces that they saw because they summered in New England mm-hmm. or they knew the oh, spaces. Right.
0: Okay. So yeah. that was
1: kind of neat to see, too. Um,
0: did, did, they, did this American group of painters feel as though they were... Um, Copying from the or the or imitating the French or the or were they were they I guess what was their mindset if you know were they were they like oh yeah this is a French thing and we're doing our own version of it in America or um, we're improving on it or we're changing it was there a conscious effort to take what had happened in France and then build on it or evolve it somehow or did they you know was? I
1: I get the sense that they felt that it was distinctly American mm-hmm. I mean they certainly. I mean, the source, we certainly know the source. um, But I think that they felt that um, the combination of the academic roots and the slightly different approach to the subject matter, the distinctly American subjects, Mm. the fact that it was not focused on modern life in the cities but in the country, Mm. in the sense of nostalgia, um, makes it really distinctly American. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I'm sort of thinking of like, Like a rock and roll analogy, you know, we're like, oh yeah, the Beatles. That's great. They've invented this stuff, but they're improving on stuff that happened in the United States. Then they run it through their own ringer in the UK, and then they bring it over here, and then we have a whole bunch of bands that do their own version of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Where there's they acknowledge the source, but they 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 Americanize it. You know. Right. Is that kind of I guess the same thing that's sort of happening? I think so.
1: I mean, I think these artists for a lot of these paintings. You know, as an art historian, I can go through and say it. they definitely were aware of X painting by so-and-so mm-hmm. or Y painting. So I think they were well aware of the visual tradition that had preceded them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they were, I do think that they thought they were doing something unique um, and taking it to a different place and a different level.
0: Now, there, the DAI has always had a, a, a small gallery of American Impressionists. There's a Hassam in there and there's some other... Arthur Tworkman. Wesley Dow and some talking right, and right. stuff. So, I mean, um, are those still in place, or did you move those? Uh, I, I, it looked like you had some paintings in the f- near the front of the rotunda of like the DAI Impressionism. I walked past them really fast. What's, right. what's there to look at?
1: Well, um, that was one of the appeals to me about this exhibition is mm-hmm. that we do have a, um, a small but great I think uh, American mm-hmm. Impressionist collection, all of which remain in Gallery Two Twelve. Okay. Um, But we did bring out those six paintings so viewers can see when they walk into the rotunda steps, turn to the left Mm. as you're going to European and there I think are six or so Mm. smaller works that have been off view for some time. So it's really um, a chance to see things that have been off view for quite a while. Mm. It's great paintings so they're not off view because of quality. um, but I think it really shows the strength of our of our collection.
0: That's cool. Um, and talk about the stuff that's off you a little bit. I mean, there's so much stuff in storage that you know. I mean, how do you decide? Oh yeah, we this is a chance to bring six out. Six paintings out that we don't get to show very often. Well, that's I mean, that's actually that's one, of the, one of the challenges I lo- of your I lo- job. Lo- I would yeah, think, right?
1: it's well, it's it's a challenge, but at the same time, it's so much fun. It's yeah. like I feel like a kid in a candy store when sure. I go into
0: storage. There's like what twenty six thousand pieces in the collection yeah. or something like that. Okay, so and one obviously great there's example. not twenty six thousand on the wall No, so, and right. you know
1: we we're on par with other major museums across mm. the country with the percentage that we show versus sure. what we don't show. Right. Um, But one painting that we are gonna bring out is by a Dayton artist, Ernst Blumenschein, Mm, who went out to found, um, was a major um, component of the Taos uh, New Mm. Mexico art colony. Mm -hmm. It's been off view for a while because it went off for a loan right before I arrived. Mm We filled its place with something else, and we hadn't gotten around to putting it back up. Sure. So things like that happen all the time. Right, and right. so with this show, we thought, oh, gosh, yeah, that's right. We've got that Blumenshine painting. Right. Let's put it back out.
0: Uh-huh. You've been doing these two-by-twos uh, as well. I mean, that's mm-hmm. another, that's kind of where I was going with the question, is you've been looking for ways in your job to sort of root through the collection and, and bring some stuff out yeah. into the light that I think has n- not had an easy opportunity, but you've made some opportunities. Like, talk about the two-by-twos. You're on yeah. your like, third or fourth round. We are. And it's
1: an idea I had when I got here that you don't need a whole exhibition to get people to engage with something. And sometimes less is more. Mm -hmm. It's almost always more,
0: actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: The idea behind it was that um, I wanted to put two things that were maybe not visually necessarily connected, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but would make people stop and say, well, why the heck are those together? But they're they're connected in some way, and so through a label we connect them, or ask viewers to think about different ways. Um, and the whole the whole point behind that is to to um, get people to engage with what's in the permanent collection. Mm-hmm. And we bring works that haven't been on view, or their works on paper. Um, and th- it's actually a lot of fun. Those mm-hmm. are, I, I love doing those shows.
0: Where do you start? I mean, I mean, do you have do you stumble across something and then go looking for something that you can link to it, or do you kind of have an idea when you? I there. never
1: have an idea before I see the yeah, work. I just, I kind of just, as I'm going through storage, oftentimes it'll happen. I'm looking for something else, Right. and I stumble across something. And then maybe a few days later, I stumble across something else, and right. I think, gosh, oh, yeah, those be perfect, could yeah. really connect.
0: And how long do you keep those up for? The, and those, people, we should tell people these are right across in the Experience Center. Right, you go so in the front door of the rotunda, go downstairs, and it's in the hallway like in the when you go hallways. through the double doors. Right. right. And right. so
1: we've got one up um, in the right-hand side, which mm-hmm. is called the South Wing. Right. But in the left-hand side, we've had up for a while um, Lichtenstein and Johns, Jasper Johnson, right, right. but that's gonna come, come down Monday. Aww. Well, but in its <laughs> place, it's gonna be a great show. Um, my colleague, Catherine Segworth, is mm-hmm. her inaugural show, In the Garden, and it's works mm-hmm. on paper from the permanent collection. Oh. that's a companion to the Impressionist show. Oh, that's great! That's so it's cool. going to be great fun.
0: So I mean, you're always looking for chances to kind of bring more stuff out into the light, and that's, we are. Uh, yeah, yep. I imagine that. I mean, I, I imagine that's one of the fun parts of the job. Like, oh yeah, we haven't shown this in a while. Yeah. Right. So that's fun. It's
1: a double-edged sword because you know I come up with things that might need to have matting or framing, and of course. Martin and Eric are doing a lot of other things. <laughs> They're busy, right. Yeah.
0: They're <laughs> but up it's, show, yeah. it's all good. It's good. Uh, Eric, what's coming up in the, the coming weeks? You had, uh, you, you've got a couple of brochures you wanted to tell us about.
2: Yeah, we're getting ready to kick off our jazz series again here just this uh, coming week on Thursday night, March 12th, Excellent. the uh, first show of our Veteran Jazz and Beyond series with Greg Abate. He's a Grammy-nominated saxophonist from up in New England. He's yep. been down here before. He actually, he was here a couple years ago. He actually contacted us and yeah, really, said, yeah. you know, I love playing at the DAI so much. I'd love to come back. And we were like, well, come on down. Uh, we got we got a spot open. So the uh, jazz series comes kicks off this weekend and uh, runs throughout the year on uh, select Thursdays there so that's a lot of fun We've got our Vine and Canvas wine tasting series that's uh, become really popular. Combines wine tastings with tours of the permanent collection. I don't to, think I know about that. That's oh, so, you that's should. Cool.
0: Oh, well, I like wine and I like art, so yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's perfect so how, for you. Oh, you know, it's perfect. So how does that work?
0: I mean, what's the what's the how's that arranged?
2: Uh, the next one of those is coming up in April on April 23rd, towards the end of April. Um, there, we do them in series, usually a series of three. We've got one. That'll be the last one of the series we're doing here in the winter and spring. We'll have another series in the summer and Mm -hmm. one in the fall. So, um, yeah, it's themed around different uh, types of wine Mm -hmm. and then It into the art. The uh, uh, one in April is uh, themed around American wines and American art, if I'm Mm -hmm. remembering correctly. I hope I That would be
0: more than appropriate at the moment. Yeah.
2: To to kind of tie in with with our year of American art, of course. That's Uh, cool. A lot of different themes. I think they're looking at maybe uh, changing up and even doing uh, craft beer tasting for one of the summer ones. So, working out some details and uh, all that's on our website. You can find out more information about all, all of those sorts of things going on at the museum and there are a couple of programs
0: lectures it looks like that are associated with the current show right uh, um we've got a a couple minutes left Uh, is there uh, those are available on the website yes Uh, good it looks like there's one every thursdays and saturdays it looks like throughout the Mm -hmm.
1: throughout
0: the next couple months how long is this show up
1: uh, through May 31st. May
0: 31st. Excellent. Um, we got about a half minute left. Tell people what comes next. Is that the posters show?
1: The, the Call to Duty World War posters in the okay. summer opening okay. on
0: July 4th. Oh, perfectly. Perfect yeah. timing. Perfect timing for that. So, um, all right. So uh, I've, I've got to figure out how many times I can get back over to look at the American impressions. I, <laughs> when you go through the show the one time, it, it's going to kind of dazzle you. Yeah, and 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 I'd, and I'd as I'd recommend people plan on going twice, mm-hmm. I mean, once mm-hmm. to be dazzled in and once to really do what love. Derek oh, yeah. was looking was talking about a minute ago, like really look and study. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with 100 pieces, it, it ta- it's a big show. It's you big leave show. yourself an hour at least to go through.
1: And there are several benches that we put in, <laughs> <laughs> so you can spend some time looking. How convenient.
0: And um, d- was there an artist that, that um, just final question, was there an artist that really jumped out at you as like, I didn't know about this person, but I'm going to learn more about them from all this? Anybody Several, that, I yeah. think.
1: Um, I think Frank Benson. It, w- it was mm-hmm. an artist that I, that I want to spend some more time with. He's and the rower,
0: I think, right? Y- yeah, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: And um, Fern Coppage, I think yeah. is an artist that we share an interest in.
0: That's a beautiful nocturne painting. It's a gorgeous. Like, yeah. 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 I, I'm looking forward to heading back. That's Thanks for coming in. I'd Thanks be for cool. having yeah. us. Glad Absolutely. To be here. We've been here with uh, Amy Marceau de Gallen and Eric Brockman from the Dayton Art Institute, in charge of curation and marketing, and uh, they've been talking about the American Impressionism show that is up at the Dayton Art Institute now through May. 31st. And you can learn more about it by going to DaytonArtInstitute.org, right? Yep. Great. Thanks for coming in. And we'll get you back to talk about posters this summer, okay? Sounds great. Definitely. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in.